I'd like to start off this morning with uh, the second reading from St. Paul's letter to Timothy. He says, bear your share of hardship for the gospel. Bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. He saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace he bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began. That tells me God has plans for each one of us, plans he laid down before the beginning of time. When we hear that, we think, wow, that, can I get a copy of that plan? You know, I just, wouldn't it be great to have my whole life and see where I'm supposed to be and am I on schedule? You know, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I got the right job? Am I raising my kids in the right way? Are my friends okay? Let me see the plan. I'll just, and I'll work the plan. I will get it done. Right? Isn't that what we do with plans? Yes, we have a plan. But the plan is going to be done according to God's will, not ours. Not according to our works but to his own design. We have to be ready to follow his path, a, a path that we, not, we may not choose for ourselves, a path that's probably going to take us out of our comfort zone. <clears throat> we hope that the plan leads us, the path is to a nice, comfortable, pleasant life where we get to enjoy the pleasures of the world And it may, but as St. Paul says, we are called to holiness. We are called to holiness, to love God and our neighbor, to serve instead of being served, to obedience instead of selfishness. And when we do that, as the other readings show us, God will lead us to blessings greater than we could ever even have thought to ask for. Let's look at the uh, first reading where we are first introduced to Abram. This was Abraham. His name was later changed by God to be Abraham, but this is Abram. This is where we first meet Abram. And he's living in uh, southern Turkey in a nice part of the world with this big family around him. He's comfortable. Things are good. He's married. He just married Sarai. Her name was changed to Sarah later, but at this time it was called Sarai. And there's a problem. They can't have children. All right, that's all it says about her. She was barren. So we can probably guess that Abraham's prayer to God was, give us children. Lord, bless us with children. And God's answer is, and we heard it in the reading, go forth from the land of your kinsfolk to a land that I will show you. Meaning, 
Israel, Palestine area. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. Now, if it was me, perhaps, I would have said, well, you know, God, let me just stay here and I'll just take, you know, 10 or 12 kids. I don't need to be a whole nation. But that's not what Abram did. He went as the Lord directed him. And he became our father in faith. That was a pure act of faith, a pure act of obedience that had where Abraham was blessed incredibly. And in the gospel reading, we hear about Jesus, and he takes his three of his apostles up to a high mountain. And these three apostles are Peter, James, and John. It's the same three apostles that Jesus allowed to go with him when he, when he raised the little girl from the dead. Right? It says he only allowed those three to come. Well, well, here they are again. He invites them up so that they can see him transformed, where he, he, he reveals his glory. And perhaps these, these apostles had asked that. They'd said, maybe, maybe they said, Lord, after he, they saw him raise the child for the dead, let us see your glory. Let us see how you really are. Knowing, by the way, that Moses asked the same thing of God. Moses said to God, let me see your glory. And God says, I will let you see all my goodness pass by you. But you cannot see me because no one, you cannot see my face because no one can see me and live. Key point. That's what the Lord told Moses. No one can see me and live. So that's why so often in the scriptures you see people, you know, down, prostrate. Oh, it's, it's God. Or they'll cover their face, right? So the disciples go up to this mountain, or these, these th three apostles go up to the mountain with Jesus, and they see his face shining like the sun. Just like Moses' face when he went to the mountaintop and spoke with God. And they see him there with Moses and Elijah, the two great prophets of Judaism. And they say, let's, let's build an altar here like God told Moses to do on the holy mountain. Let's, let's make three altars, one for each of you. And as they're saying this, they're surrounded by a cloud, right? A cloud just like Moses was on Mount Sinai, the presence of God, God's holy presence surrounded them. And it says they were terrified. Terrified, why? It seems like this would be a fantastic experience. They were terrified. Why? Because they had just looked at God. They'd just seen his face. So they prostrated themselves. Right? I won't go all the way down. Prostrate means all the way down. They thought they were going to die. 
right on the spot. This was it. And instead, Jesus comes up and says, what wonderful words. He says, rise and do not be afraid. Not what they were expecting. And their answer, their prayer was answered far beyond what they could have thought to ask for. They just wanted to see Jesus, what he really was. God has plans for us. And we, we, uh, let's go back to that first reading. He saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace he bestowed on us in Christ. We talked about Abram, we talked about the disciples. I have a, a visit, a, a nursing home where, uh, of course, I get to know many people, but there's one lady who's there, and she's not thrilled about being there. You know, she'd rather be in her own home. Uh, she'd rather be able to take care of herself, but she's not in a position to do that now. She needs to be there. She's not happy about it. And her response is, well, this is, I guess it's God's will, but I'm here, and that I'm not happy, okay, that must be God's will, and, and I'll accept it. And uh, she's definitely not enjoying her time there, right? She's not doing well. I know there's another lady at the, the same place, and her, her response to being, she doesn't want to be there either. She'd rather be home. She'd rather be healthy and able to take care of herself. And she says, I don't know if it's God's will that I'm in this nursing home. I don't know what God's will is about that. But I knew, do know that God's will is that I serve rather than being served. God's will is that I do what I can to help people, even wherever I happen to be. So I happen to be in this nursing home. So you see her out and about, keeping up with all the other people, making sure if they're not at breakfast, she checks in on them. You know, she's organizing um, things for them to do, uh, a rosary or bringing someone in to talk. She's all doing for others as opposed to and focusing on what she can do as opposed to what she can't do. And that brings us back, I think, to the, the thing we heard from St. Paul especially. Bear your share of hardship. We all do. We all have our share of hardship, and we bear it somehow, right? Paul says, bear your share of hardship for the gospel. So whatever we do, whatever our circumstances, we can do God's will. We can love God and we can love our neighbor. We can serve, we can be grateful, we can pray. Because he called us, he, he saved us and called us to a holy life.